The Welsh Wire, where talent and business connect in West Michigan. The Welsh Wire features moderator Mike Rogers and professional recruiting expert Sherry Welsh in this weekly podcast. Listen in as leaders from a wide array of small to mid-sized West Michigan companies weigh in and share their experiences and insights on a variety of business topics, including employee retention challenges and recruitment success stories. Hi, this is Mike Rogers with another great Welsh Wire conversation. Now, here's Sherry Welsh. We're broadcasting today in combination with our friends from the Family Business Alliance, and we're welcoming as our guest, Family Business Alliance underwriter, Wade Wyant and Red Wagon Advisors. Wade, you've been a guest of ours before. Glad to have you back on the Welsh Wire. Yeah, glad to be back. He's been on a broadcast last year, right? Yeah, back in September. Yeah. Yep. At that time when we were together, we talked about the seven ways systems help family businesses shine. You had some really good tips on the use of systems in family businesses, which was terrific. We're going to talk about something a little bit different today. You've got a story to tell us. But first, if our listeners did not hear that our last podcast when we recorded it last year, tell us a little bit about Red Wagon, who you are, what you do for family businesses, Wade. Sure. So Red Wagon Advisors is uh, is the firm that I work for. It's a group of people that help family businesses uh, and and businesses as well. But we do ha- we have quite a few family business clients. But we really help them with strategy around people, execution, and then also cash. Trying to figure out how can they scale their business, how can they bring in a common language, how can they make sure that everybody's reading from the same page of music. We call that the one page plan, and just building out some strategy so they can run their business because in most cases the families families know their business right but what they need help with is again that the what are the systems they could use to run it and so yeah. we use a system called scaling up and it's been out there for a lot of years developed by Vern Harnish and so I'm the primary advisor we got several people on staff who do marketing and they work on um, they work on engagement with the clients and other things and then I like to say I'm a recovering CEO um, <laughs> yeah so I uh, I've ran several companies and just you know as my last company was a uh, it was 100 employees and we, we did cybersecurity. And so I sold that or sold my portion of that. And, and I decided, you know what? I could do some good and as a recovering CEO and I can help right. some other businesses. So that's, that's what I've been doing. So it's in a lot of ways, it's coaching and consulting. I love it. And it really, it's really fulfilling. And I, I love just getting out there and talking and helping people and, and seeing the value that's brought. Right. Terrific. You d- And you do a great job with that. You really you. do. I'm uh, excited to hear the story you have to share today. Since we talked the last time, yep. my business has now become a family business. Oh, so see. that adds a whole new dimension too. So I, now I'm listening in a whole new way since my son has joined in the business last Congratulations. fall. Thank you. Thank you. So you've got a story. Uh, we, we really can't call it a fable because it's true. No, it's, it, yeah. it really happened it really to happened you. really happened to me. Early in your career, you had an experience that you say was a bit of a watershed moment. It really shifted some paradigms and brought you some understandings and learnings that help you in your consulting today with family businesses. So Wade, share that story with us. Sure. And it's helping me today, but it's also helped me me all the way through my career as well, just understanding some of the complexities and dynamics around business. And the short version of the story is I was at the time, I didn't own my own business. I was working for another entrepreneur and we were, we were reselling 
selling credit card printing machines. And this was during the internet. Yeah, pretty cool, right? It was back there yeah, a few back years. In the day, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, so this we're going 20 years plus. But anyways, we sold credit card printing machines. And this is prior to having ID printing machines everywhere. Oh, yeah. It was a very unique system. And there was a, a friend of mine, him and his dad owned a business, and they wanted to sell a bunch of computers and a um, some technology to another uh, family business that wanted to start an internet cafe. And at this time in the mid nineties, sounded like a great idea. And there was a, a father son combo who were looking at starting this internet cafe. Well, fast forward to the story. I get all my gear together. I'm in my, my early twenties. I'm all excited. So my first big sales calls for this business, sure. I take all my gear down there. I walk in, I do a half hour presentation and the father seems very disengaged. The son seems very frustrated and I'm, I'm trying to understand what's going on, gauge the room. I get to the end of the sales presentation. I'm like, well, you guys ready to buy this $5,000 credit card machine? Father sits back, puts his arms together, or, you know, crosses his arms, I should say. And you could just tell he's not going to say anything, but he's not having it, right? He's not going to buy this machine. Well, I sit there and for about the next half hour, I hear the father and son argue about the, uh, the business they want to get into, a lot of legacy issues. I hear, you know, I hear the son trying to convince the father that they're, this, that this is a business they need to get into. They're in the construction industry and they wanted to make a pivot into the, in technology. The son was very passionate about it. He was the visionary. The dad was the, um, technical slash investor person, not technical from an internet standpoint, but he was the technical as far as the business person. Sure. And anyhow, this whole thing unfolded, and in the end, they didn't buy the credit card machine. They never started an inter internet cafe, which for them was probably a good thing because, you know, two years later, everybody had internet to their home. Right. And yeah, it was kind of a flash in the pan idea, it, wasn't it? It was. The dad, could see, dad, the dad could see that. But what I learned from the lesson was, or learned from the, the, the visit or the opportunity right. was just all the complexities that go into a family business and the dynamics that go between the generations. And now this seems like a kind of, as I like to say, no dub moment, right? Of course, there's going to be dynamics. Right. But when you see those play out live, and especially I was very young at the time, I was a, a oh, new yeah. business. I, I can imagine I you must have been so sitting there thinking, what have I gotten myself into? <laughs> and, and probably thinking, bit. I'm not making a sale here today. Yeah. Well, <laughs> this is not at all what I thought this was going to be. I eventually learned that and I was like, okay, there's, there's, there's really... They were not going to make a sale, but I, I could learn a lot. And, you know, in that moment, did you grasp it though? Did you, did you get it? I did or not. Was it years well, not, later as you kind of reflected not on it? Not at the level like, I do now, of course. Yeah. Right? I mean, now yeah. I totally get it. I mean, I can, I can re, for whatever reason, I can replay that whole moment just like it was yesterday. Yeah. Uh, so at the time I didn't, but I did grasp everything, but I did grasp that, okay, there's some real complexities when it comes again to, to a family business. And then also, how how do you ensure that everybody's on the same page? And that was the very right. first thing I took away from it. And I that I brought that into my own business. Whether my my many of my businesses were, have not been family businesses, but they've definitely been partnerships or complex businesses. Right. And I realized um, very quickly there that if you don't get everybody on the same page, you're just wasting a lot of time. And that was one of the biggest challenges. You know, one of the many takeaways we'll talk about today. Um, from that meeting was it was clear the father and the son were not on the same page. Right. And that seems so simplistic to say that, but it's, it is something that I think so many companies gloss over and it's okay to wrestle, right? Absolutely. Among different ideas oh, and competing. Yeah. You want that. You want that healthy. Yep. But somewhere along the line, you got to all bring it together 
and get on the same page. Well, and it was unnecessary wrestling, right? So there's it's yeah. one thing to have wrestling, but then there's another thing to have this very unnecessary wrestling that could just there was a lot of hurt feelings at the end of this meeting that you could tell that there was going to be a lot of like things that were going to have to be unwound later as far as things that were said and, and just complexities. And I would put most of the blame for this one point on the father because they, he clearly did not set expectations that he, he thought the internet cafe idea was a bad idea from the very beginning. So it didn't matter what credit card printing machine I brought into the room to make the IDs, which was the final step they had to get past. He had not set clear expectations of his son that he just wasn't bought into the idea. And imagine if they had wrestled that out even three months earlier, the son would not have gotten all excited. He wouldn't invest all the time. Other individuals like myself would not have made a trip down to the office and pitched all this technology. I was the last piece of technology. And that's the one part of the story I left out is that uh, they had they gone through all their due diligence, what computers oh, wow. to buy, how to hook up the internet, where the location would be. The very last piece was- So far into that. Yeah, was an ID machine. We needed to print IDs. And um, and that's where it all came came unwound. Yeah, so those hard conversations needed to happen much, much earlier in the process in a different setting too, not yep. in front of a, a potential salesperson. Yep. That, yeah, w which causes some real uncomfortable and awkwardness for everybody. So, yeah, you got to have that earlier in the process. Yeah, great advice. There were some other takeaways, several Yeah, I, the other one was, you know, Really, you've got to know what your role is in any idea. So this was obviously a new idea to their business. We're going to start an internet cafe. If anybody can remember the mid nineties, it was very exciting. The internet was, you know, on TV. There's some hilarious, uh, videos you can watch from the Today Show, them talking about the first internet, you know, the, and, and, and what's WWW. And, but those were exciting times because it was all brand new to us. Sure. And the, the thing though was, is understanding your role in the whole thing is really critical. And it was clear that the son was the visionary in this in this situation, and the the dad was the investor. But they they hadn't clearly defined that, and the dad wasn't leaving room for the son to be a visionary. But at the same time, the son didn't see the fact that the dad would have some insight, some long term insight into business. Right? He had that pattern recognition of okay, I see what you're trying to build. But there wasn't this, you could tell there hadn't been a dialogue about the dad was going to bring a certain amount of maturity to the conversation of this seems like a flash in the pan business. Right. And that's one of the challenges with family businesses. You're going to have constant opportunity coming at you. It's just, it's constant. And now you have a generational thing where you're going to have one generation that has a ton of experience and as I like to say, pattern recognition built up. Right. And that's, you know, that's what we call that, you know, maturity. And we don't really put it in terms of pattern recognition, but at the end of the day, that's really what it is that that older generation can look at it and say okay I see patterns here that are similar to something in the past. Right. And it's a great way to define it too. I love the way you say that because I, you know, I often refer to it as gut. That's your gut instinct. Sure. And, and it is your and, gut. And that makes people feel uncomfortable mm -hmm. to suggest that it's gut instinct, but you are absolutely right. It's pattern recognition. It's years and years of experience of recognizing those patterns. And when it looks like this, yep. this is where it usually ends up. That's a great way to frame it. And so it was the, 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 conversation, the half hour of arguing I had to sit through was because it, it was very combative and it was because they they didn't recognize their roles. They yeah. didn't say, okay, son's, the son in this situation is a visionary, not always going to be the visionary, but is the visionary. And in this, in this case, the dad was the almost business coach and then an investor, right? And then that's just this one situation. There could be um, multiple roles.
roles people play, right? There could be siblings that come in as advisors. There could be other investors. There could be employees who work as um, support systems. And so you have to really understand and define what are the roles. In this case, they just came in as a unit, a family unit almost, right. and didn't really define what side of the, um, not argument, but the conversation uh, that they were going to be taking. Well, yeah. I mean, really the perspective that each was representing. Yep. And I bet that that can change. You kind of alluded to that based on whatever it is that you're sure. evaluating. I mean, you, you could move from being the change agent to all of a sudden being the tried and true years of history and perspective. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, yeah, it's not to say the, the young person in the situation is always a visionary. Sometimes right. sometimes the more senior person in the, in, the, in the family could be the more visionary and they could be the younger person who's looking at this as an investor because in some ways it's eventually going to be their money, right? Right, so, for sure. And so the, the, the parent or the more senior person could be saying, well, we're going to make a big investment. We're doing this or that. And then not because of pattern recognition, but maybe some other data points that the younger person has that uh, uh, or they they can assess the situation more quickly right. like no we shouldn't do this so each generation each stage brings its own value to the equation but understand what you, where you're at because they were just they're doing a round robin arguing and they weren't they weren't they weren't bringing a systematic approach to the discussion and recognizing the roles right right and i would think too that in a family business, you've got others besides the family who are decision makers sure. and can lend information input to the process because all of your leaders oftentimes are not just family members. Oh, absolutely. So you've got to make sure you're bringing everyone into this conversation yeah, make it a and recognizing what they represent as you're vetting new ideas or concepts yep. or you know what whatever the yeah. case may be. Absolutely. Yeah. One of the other things I, I saw was the the fact that. They didn't have well-defined who had ultimate control. So the son was there trying to convince the dad to spend the money. And also they got into an argument of like, well, this is you know partially my decision. And then there's like, who can make the decision? And that wasn't clearly defined. And that that's kind of like a, an AB to the last point we made. Um, but it, it is important that you should, you should define, I've seen this in family businesses before where It'd be better if you just said, okay, here's the amount of money we're willing to invest into this idea, and now you have control. And you you say to that generation, you have control. Or vice versa, here's the amount of money we're willing to invest, but you don't have control. You've got to convince this generation or this group of people. Right. And that's a you know, that I think who has control of the investment and and if you're making the investment and who ultimately pulls the trigger is critical. Now it's obviously almost always defaults to the more senior generation is going to make the decision over the more junior generation. But, but I think it's still, it's important to say it because it, it, if I go into this and I just think this is a brilliant idea and then all of a sudden you won't let me do it. And, and we didn't have that discussion. It can be very frustrating. Right. Right. Well, and you say always the senior generation it might have the final say. It seems that way. But yeah, right. But, but there are times I'm sure that's maybe not the case, especially as the older generation is perhaps getting ready to exit the business, step away, and some critical decisions need to be made about a new direction. Sure. Well, if you think about it, and this is where it gets, it gets, you know, this is where it gets irrational because it gets into human emotions and human needs and all that. But if you really think about it, if it's truly a family business and there's, there's going to be a generational component to this, that means that in some ways, 
the senior generation is just a steward of the of that of that business right. at that point at some at right. some point I don't know what point at some point and we see this and I'm not I'm not I wouldn't claim to be an expert there's some really smart people in this industry who are really experts in this but there is a transition time that has to happen and and that can that control of the investment and the decision making is something that ends up being being a problem in family businesses and then that kind of segues in the next thing I learned and sure. one of the things I well, I saw in that meeting was that the dad the dad, instead of having all these conversations we talked about, did something very, very destruct- destructive. And that was he set up roadblocks um, for, for the idea. So instead of saying, I don't think it's a good idea or we shouldn't do this or here's a pattern recognition I have, instead of doing all those things I talked about right. doing, so those are the positive things you should do. And as opposed to doing that, uh, he went a step further and he said, okay, I'm not going to do the right thing, but I'm also going to be destruct- destructive. And in the destructive things that he did was he set up roadblocks. And for example, I was one of the roadblocks. Well, right. if you can find a credit card printing machine, now this is the mid nineties, that was unheard of at the time. I just happened to have some new technology, then I'll do it. Well, the son went and found it. It was me. I came in and did this. And then now he still wasn't going to, he wasn't going to do the business. So they had set up little roadblocks along the way um, to try to stop stop this investment or this business from happening. And you see that all the time in, in family dynamics, where instead of just saying no or having that really open and transparent conversation, which we were recommending, right. you go the other direction, you, you actually move off a of neutral and you go negative by doing destructive things like setting up roadblocks and making it more difficult, uh, and which in, in the end builds up animosity and anger and mistrust and a lot of things you don't want to do. And waste a lot of time. Wait, well, waste a heck smokes. of a lot of yes. time. Not just your time as a vendor, yeah. but everyone's time in treading down a path that really doesn't come to a good conclusion. Yep. Right. Yep. And absolutely. Yeah. It's... And especially for the family, like you only have, you only have so much time. And if one of the family members is really excited about a visionary type idea, no matter what it is, you don't want to waste time setting up roadblocks. No. Get, get out on the table and talk get, about give it. Give it the proper vetting because working a process that way, in this case, the son yep. recognizes at the end of that journey what the father was attempting to do to him. And what does that do for? The relationships and the dynamics moving forward on yeah, the next the project or idea they have. I mean that that yeah. is not that's not good foundationally. The potential, yeah, the potential long term damage is probably big. Yeah, and the big other big thing I saw, and I would say it's probably one of the final points. There's lots we could talk about and, and get into, but one of the one of the final points is that they were both playing for all or nothing, mm, especially the wow. son. And so I've taken a lot of shots of the dad in this situation, but the son especially was playing for all or nothing. What I mean by that was he didn't have he didn't have a um, middle ground where he said, you know what, if I can't get the internet cafe, let's make an investment into, say, websites or sure. let's make an investment into um, podcasts. Right, <laughs> you know, right. That would have been real Yeah, that would be But let's make an investment in something else. I mean, he was so fixated with this concept of internet cafes that that was he was playing or nothing, and same for the dad, but but to a lesser degree, he was just like okay, either we're doing internet cafes or we're not doing anything with the internet, 
And the son, you know, the son was excited about the internet at the time because a lot of people, and this was a Generation X individual, uh, you know, so this is 25 years ago. Sure. So when that the, that generation at that time was equivalent to what the millennials are today, right? Or or, or or were maybe a few years ago. That's right. But, um, you know, there was there was a lot of desire to break out and prove they could do something to the baby boomers right. and all that. So the son had saw the internet and was like, this is amazing. Like, I want to be a part of it. It's going to be huge. And he was right. I mean, his pattern recognition, his ability to see trends was telling him that the internet was going to be the biggest thing ever. And he was 100% right. This is pre-dot-com boom. This is, I think, 1995, if I remember my dates right, or 96. So, I mean, it was, he was, his- He had something. There. He had something. Thank you for that. Yeah, he had 100%. something. 100%. Yeah. But he was playing all or nothing. All he wanted was this internet cafe, and and so it was almost like he was in a battle of wills with his with his with his father yes. or the the parent in this situation, the senior generation. And I'd say that is such an important component. Where I don't know if there was some history there, right? I'm sure there was because there's going to always, always be history of family, right? right? Yeah. And that's one of the other points is you know know that there's history and just get that out get it, get that out there because it is different than a normal business. Mm-hmm. But 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 don't go for don't don't. Go for all or nothing, right? Right. And, uh, not, and the term I used earlier was, you know, don't um, don't play for all or nothing. Um, you play for like, okay, what if I got this great idea? And you could change it to like a family business that's in agriculture, and they're like, okay, we need to put GPS in all the tractors. And some and some generation goes, no, we're not going to put GPS in the tractors. Okay, well, what's what is the technology you could put in the tractors that we could all agree to that would help? And that might be a simple explanation, but there's always something that you can find some middle ground and neither of them were looking for middle ground. It was in this idea, it was all or nothing. And it, I felt bad for him because I walked away going, I could see the value in the idea. Sure. Absolutely. I could see. Especially the, now, 20 years later, oh, we yeah. can see the value. And right? I was a yeah. son's, I was a son's age at the time and I could see it, but you know, they were both playing for all or nothing. Yeah. And the son would not find a way to pivot. I could see glimpses or moments when the dad was like trying to, trying to steer it, but because of all the, you know, all the backwards thinking that had gone into the prior conversations, it couldn't it, get there. It wasn't working. Yeah, yeah. it wasn't working. What a story you yeah. have shared with us today. So many Thank learnings you. that you took away from that. Oh, they yeah. obviously shaped the work that you continue to do now yeah, consulting with family Well, it, it, did, it did. And I will tell you that it also shaped a lot of the things that I did. And and I haven't always been as transparent as I like to be or, or should be. But I got to tell you, I left that meeting going, yeah, but I left that meeting going, you know what? Um, I'm, I'm confident I could do a better job and I've, I've endeavored to do that. And that's, I guess that's what I'd leave everybody with is you, if you're in a family business, just strive for as much transparency mm-hmm. in your thinking as possible because the reality is if you're human, you're an irrational thinker. There's just right. no way around that. We're all irrational at some level. And so the more we can have that dialogue and the more we can talk about that, right. not in every case, but in most cases, my experience has been in working in family businesses, that dialogue has a lot of value and it avoids those silent moments where we're not having a dialogue and we're trying to make our point through silence or roadblocks or playing for all for nothing and doing those those destructive things. Let's avoid those by having the dialogue and having the discussion. Yeah, we, we can save ourselves a lot of time and, and get there in a much happier manner mm-hmm. if we're just transparent and lay it on the table yep. and come to those conclusions together working yep. through it. Yeah, it, it's tough work. Oh, it? <laughs> well, that's just it. I mean, and, as you're so right. And I, I guess I, I'd say that and to wrap is that 
that the reason why most people go down the destructive path is not that they ever desire that. It's that they don't want to do that tough work, yeah. that discipline up front. It's, it's the same True. thing with our health. It's the same thing with all aspects of life. And it just, it cascades right into business. We don't do the tough upfront work because it's not fun. But then we, then we cost ourselves down the road in relationships and failed ideas and the rest. Yeah, it's not good. But you've got a great track record, Wade, of helping Thank family you. businesses figure that out, dial that and work together well with healthy relationships to provide great outcomes for their businesses over the future of their businesses. So if our listeners want to get in touch with you, because th- something you said sparks some interest sure. in them, they'd like to talk with you about your systems and hear more about what you can do. What's the best way for them to reach you, Wade? Sure. I would say probably the, candidly, the best way is just through LinkedIn. I'm Wade Wyant. Um, you can find me, you just put Wade Wyant into LinkedIn. You'll find me very, very easily or Red Wagon Advisors. There's only one of each. And uh, you'll find me very easily and just send me a message or a LinkedIn request. And if you want to check out our website, obviously we have a website, which is redwagonadvisors.com. Terrific. We've had a great conversation with Wade Wyant today of Red Wagon Advisors, our podcast co-produced with the Family Business Alliance. Wade, thanks so much for being our guest today on The Welsh Wire. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to The Welsh Wire. We hope you'll join us for the next episode. For more information, visit welshandassociates.net.